Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle, and um, I am an alcoholic. I'm a chaos creator. I'm a food addict. I have a lot of spiritual malady backing me up, um, which is which is okay. But uh, you know, I today I am able to live a somewhat sane life um, where I can be helpful and be present and. I have so many of the promises in my life that I, I'm just so grateful for all that AA and um, all the people that I've met along the way have given me because I was really, really sick. I was really sick and I didn't even know I was sick um, or I even prefer the word wounded, right? Like it's not a derogatory thing. It, it was, I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, that's the way my life was for a long time. I was in so much pain and um, emotional instability and depression and all, all the bedevilments, right? I, I lived them so regularly that uh, I would do anything to get out of that feeling. Um, and that was looking for all sorts of temporary relief. Um, I would look for, to attention. I would look to drinking. I would look to food. I would look to um, any relationship. I wanted to be saved, right? I wanted people to fix me. And um, I thought that was a, a great idea. You know, like a boyfriend was going to solve my problem, right? That was the answer. And um, how many times did I have to fail at that to, to have to, to have an experience and see what my truth is. And that's, that's why I feel like this word is so impactful for me. It is just kind of like I've, who I am um, has been revealed through this process. And I sit here and I was lost for a very long time. Um, which is why I first turned to alcohol. And in the doctor's opinion, right, they talk about this. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it's injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. And to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless irritable and discontented, unless they can again experience that sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. So I, there are times, believe it or not, that I still cannot differentiate the truth from the false. Um, I'm, I'm a human being, right? And I, I try really hard to live in this present moment. I try really hard to live in the 10 step and have this awareness that, you know, okay, where is fear driving me? What, what's going on? Okay. Resentment coming up, right? What do I have to do with that? You know, this program gives us amazing direction. Um, and if I use the direction, then right, I can stay in that sunlight of the spirit. But uh, there are times where I get caught up. I get caught up in my fears. And when I'm caught up in my fear, 
I can't differentiate the truth from the false. I can't see which, what's in front of me because I'm just panicking in my head so much. I'm so driven by it that it's like reality doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, I feel myself living in, in the third column of inventory. And that's, that's one way of saying it, right? I, when I can't differentiate the truth from the false, um, I, I'm in ego. I am running the show hardcore um, and wanting what I want and expecting to do anything and get it from wherever I need to because I'm seeking that relief. And when I'm doing that, I'm not acting according to, to the person God would have me be, right? I'm, I'm in direct conflict with everyone and everything. And it, it produces um, instability in my life and just confusion and chaos and, and all sorts of stuff that, you know, I, I, I want to avoid today. But that's why it's so important to, to realize that I can still get like this. Um, my, my truth is constantly changing. It, it never stays the same. And this is where the set-aside prayer comes up because the set-aside prayer, right, is what allows me to remain teachable. So I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I can, I can constantly have more be revealed to me by God about who I am, like at the core of my being. And that's what happens as I continue to live in this place with, with this relationship with my higher power is he continues to kind of chip away at the truth so that I can start to have glimpses of what my truth is. Now, that's not easy. It's really actually kind of, I mean, it's what I was running from when I was an alcoholic most of my life was the truth scared me. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to admit that I had problems. I didn't want, I was taught, right, by my parents, by the world, by society. I was imprinted with this idea that I had to be perfect. And when, when I take that belief system wherever I go, right, then I feel like this total fake person driven by fear showing up the way I think you want me to be. And then I go to the next person and I wear a different mask and I show up entirely different because I think that's what you want me to be. And I do this so often that one day I wake up and I have no idea who I am anymore. And I've just totally abandoned myself and I don't know how to get back, right? And that's, that's where I you know, addiction pretty much led me for a long time because I didn't, I didn't know any better. Um, and I mean, you wonder why people pleasing is like such a common defective character because we, I wanted validation. I wanted validation from anyone and everyone. I thought that that was going to fill me up and it never did. It gave me maybe a little temporary relief 
But then after I got that temporary relief, all of a sudden I hated myself because I knew the truth underneath it was that I was being fake. I was showing up and I, I wasn't being true to the person that I am. So a lot of this also kind of um, is intertwined with inventory because one of the, one of the things that it says on our inventory sheet, right, is God, please help me to see the truth. I don't have the power on my own to see reality. I can have my truth and I can see what I, what, what I want, right? I can see what I think I need to be okay. I can see who I think I am, who, who you are, like all the components of the third column. Um, but I can't see past that. That, that, that is my truth. And that's where, you know, when we have this, this realization on the back page of the inventory, we can start to see that I've done everything, right, that I, I can resent someone for. I mean, pretty much I've had enough experience in my life. I can say that, like, I've stole, I've cheated, I've, um, you know, I've yelled, I've manipulated, I've people, you know, I've done all this stuff, um, not because I'm a bad person, but because I made bad choices, um, because I didn't know any better. And as I started to see the truth and get better, right, to get well, um, God has continued to reveal more and more uh, as, as I go along. So the fourth column, right, is so, so impactful because it shows me where, like, the most objectionable behaviors that that I participate in are like what it looks like when I'm, when I'm being run on fear, AKA, right. Just not doing God's will. Right. That's when I'm fighting everyone and everything. And that's when I'm, I'm too scared to be true to myself because I'm worried about what you're going to think of me. And when I, when I do anything, that is based in fear, it, it doesn't end up well for me, usually. Um, and if we look at the, uh, the last page, right, the fourth column of the inventory section, we can start to see how, right, the fears drive the delusions. And the delusions result in the attitude that are behind the actions which is why it's such a great exercise to go through this backwards, to start at the fear and to see what, if I'm afraid of something, right? Then what does that push me to believe? What lies? And then if I can see the lies that I'm believing, right? That is what leads me to have these attitudes and then eventually these actions, which are objectionable um, without a doubt. But I can't see that when I'm just living day to day in fear. 
I, I have no idea that I'm harming people. I have no idea that I'm living a lie. I have no idea what, what the reality is in front of me. So, you know, that's why the, when I think of, of this whole process, you know, God is truth. God is, it's his truth that I'm looking to connect with, right? I can't see the big picture. I only see like the little mini minuscule point in time that is there now, but God can see the big picture. And that's why I need to trust him because he knows a lot better than me. It may not seem that way, you know, when I'm going through all these trials, when I'm going through all of these issues, when um, life is coming up and it's difficult. Um, I mean, it's, it's like there are seasons, right? I mean, I've had issues with ex-husbands. I've had issues with my kid. I've had issues with my health. I've had, you know, like, and it's like, we just keep going from thing to thing to thing going, why God, why me? What, like, what happened? But, but in the long run, when I look back at my life, if I didn't go through some of this stuff, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? Which is, which is probably the most sane that I've been in a long time. I mean, granted, there are days, right, where like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or something and you're just like, whoa, you know, like, uh, crying in the corner or like you're triggered by something <laughs> it's like oh my god the trauma reaction of my husband's like I can see when PTSD like gets on your face <laughs> like um it happens it happens but um the awareness is so so important like even I know it today I know it when I'm triggered and I can go to God in that moment right? And I can, I can seek that connection, which is going to fulfill me on, on a, on a whole different level compared to what some drugs, some food, some alcohol, you know, would, would temporarily do for me. And it took a really long time to develop a relationship like that, because, you know, as much as I, I love going to church and I've always had some sort of religion and I've always had some sort of belief, right? God is not human in front of me, right? It is not like this physical thing. Like I, I connect to what I see that's physical. I connect to mom, sisters, friends, the dog. I love my dog, you know, like that's, that's real right? But, you know, once, once spirituality gets involved, it's like everything is turned upside down because we're living in this world based in physical. And is this real or is the spiritual realm the real part of life, right? Where I'm going to spend eternity in. And, but that doesn't seem right because I can't see it because I can't, I mean, I can feel it when I have connection, but 
it's like the focus is always on this worldly stuff. And that's not true either, right? It's, it's, it's just backwards. So when I start to kind of chip away at this process of, of seeing, okay, I'm scared. That's why I'm in delusion, right? And when I looked up delusion, it's a false belief or judgment about an external reality held despite incontroversible evidence to the contrary, right? And I'm believing my own lies and not even knowing it, but it's not because I'm bad. It's because I do this as a human being to protect myself, right? Because most of the time I can't handle the truth. It's too painful. It's too hard. It's, it's debilitating, right? Like when I had an experience with my son last year and he was diagnosed with Asperger's and he was doing all sorts of weird things. And I was, I mean, like I was, I was crying all the time. I didn't know what to do. Right. And I thought mothers should always have the answer. Mothers should be able to help their kids. These belief systems that were ingrained in me were, were leading me to push my will, right, out to just try and get what I wanted because my motives were good, right? My, I was trying to help my son. Isn't this what mothers do? And, you know, it was... It was painful. It was extremely painful to think that I didn't have that power. I didn't have the power to help him. I was powerless just as much in fixing my son as I was in my addiction to drugs and alcohol. But, but it's just that I had gotten free from the addiction to drugs and alcohol. And then the next thing starts, right? The next season, the next, the next learning experience that where God is going to show me the truth. And the truth for me is that I really can't fix anybody. And, you know, it, it, it was not, not a fun experience, but, you know, I had to, I had to let him go. I had to let my son go under God's care and trust that he was going to be taken care of by his higher power. And it wasn't my job to fix this situation, to manage it, to try and control it, because it was killing me. It, it may not have been killing me physically. It was killing me spiritually. My soul was like ripped apart. And, you know, that that was one of the hardest things that I had to go through in, in a long time, but it was also one of the most impactful because today, right now, he's living with his grandmother and he's not in a situation where he's unhappy all the time and he's uncomfortable and I'm unhappy and I'm uncomfortable and I'm crying and I'm trying to like, 
tell him not to play video games and he has a video game addiction and like all the rest of the stuff that that will do and justify it with with good intentions but that doesn't work and i know it over and over and over again from my experience that you know the hardest lessons are the most freeing and they're also where I, God reveals these truths to me.